0: Good morning and welcome to a Saturday morning, November the 27th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and we're delighted you've joined us this morning. Uh, we've got a couple of brief announcements to make, and then we're going to get into the study of God's Word. Uh, we we uh, have an analytics program uh, that. Kind of informs us of our listener demographics and whatnot here at the Christian Underground News Network. And uh, we noticed last night that we now have a new country on board and listening. Uh, We now have Italy listening uh, actively to the Christian Underground News Network. And we want to welcome our new listeners in Italy. We are so blessed that you have decided to join us, and tune in, and we hope that you'll be a regular guest uh, on our show and uh, so we appreciate you. And God bless you. And uh, we, we hope you're blessed by uh, uh, learning God's word with us. Um, and from time to time, we receive communication from some of our listeners. And uh, we received one recently from uh, a very special listener out in Spokane, Washington, named Carol Sue. And Carol Sue uh, posted to her. Facebook page, a a general Facebook page, and uh, some encouraging words, and I'd like to read them for you, and she says that, um, she says, I encourage everyone to consider the studies with Christian Underground News Network. Pastor Chamberlain makes makes each study clearly understood. A Bible study of this nature is not done in a sermon format. It's a very casual setting with examples oftentimes given to us so we can better understand the subject within each Bible chapter and verse. God has gifted, Pastor, with a calming yet commanding voice to guide us through God's Word with the mind of Christ. All will certainly come to understand what it means to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. How blessed we are to have the Holy Spirit to guide us on a daily basis in all we do. Thank you so much, Pastor Chamberlain. And Carol Sue, thank you uh, for being such a faithful listener. And, um, and we, we pray that you're being blessed. Obviously, you are uh, by tuning in and, and studying with us uh, on a weekly basis faithfully. And uh, uh, if, you, if you have comments or criticisms, dear listener, uh, please let us know. We have a Facebook page and we have a website, whatsaysthescripture.com Uh, you can leave comments and questions if you like, and we'll, we will gladly receive all of those. Um, so with that being said, uh, today's subject, uh, pastor says we're going to be talking about grace. Oh, yes. Right, pastor. That's right. My Uh, favorite subject. Yeah, we, we, and we just did a couple of podcasts for over the Thanksgiving holiday, and grace was a prevalent theme in in both of those, and uh, that is something that we really need to be thankful for. And we're about to find out uh, more about grace, right? About God's grace. Uh, and j- it, it, once we go through this, and this might be a couple of a couple of weekends. Uh, Kind of a series, right, Pastor?
1: Uh, I doubt if I'll even get through the introduction on this episode.
0: Okay, all right. (laughs) I had so much fun
1: studying, and I I got so much stuff to say.
0: It might take a while. All right, all right. Okay, so this is going to be good, guys. Uh, Get your note-taking materials ready, and uh, let's get ready to learn more about what God's grace is really all about. Pastor Chamberlain, the microphone is yours, sir. Okay. Thank you, Curtis. Um,
1: and, uh, yes, I like to welcome our regular listeners and our new listeners. And, um, we, we do this in an informal way, but we have a, we have a reason for doing this podcast and, uh, and it's to, uh, uh, educate, edify, encourage people. And we hope that that's what's happening. Uh, and we want to do it in a way that, uh, w- we want to keep a, uh, uh to the point where we want to get to the point where everybody can understand what we're saying we don't want to get too highfalutin about it uh so uh we try to keep the jelly on the bottom shelf so even the kids can get a bite of it and and so uh that's what we are that's what we're that's what we're doing and so and uh that message from carol sue kind of emphasizes that and we appreciate it so much carol sue and so we're going to be in the uh, New Testament book of 1 Peter. And, and, and so get your Bibles ready. Uh, I've got a rather lengthy introduction but because, because uh, I want to tell you some things about Peter. Now, Curtis and Sharon is sitting to my right hand, and, and I just want to say this. There are a lot of people. Uh, who are saved and or some people who are not saved because they have a rather sordid past and they think God could never use me and uh, you couldn't be more incorrect uh, I'm not scolding anybody I'm just wanting to encourage you uh, because as I study the scriptures uh, I, I read a lot, the Psalms on a regular basis, and the the man who penned the Psalms—how many Psalms were there, Curtis? One hundred and
0: fifty. Yes.
1: And the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm one nineteen, written by a man called David. Now, listen to this: David was an adulterer.
0: And a murderer.
1: And a murderer david king of god's select nation a murderer and an adulterer and yet god used him to write 150 psalms and and uh, for those of you who love your word of god oh boy if if you miss reading a psalm a day uh, you're missing out on a lot of joy and a lot of uh, a lot of education and so forth and so David was was so far from perfect I mean those are two things that I've never committed was murder and adultery but he did God chose him to write the Psalms 150 of them and to be the first legal king of the nation Israel which was God's elect nation and we'll talk more about that in a little bit and then i got to thinking <laughs> curtis um the apostle paul he wrote how many books of the new testament 13 yeah yep, yeah. that's yeah. right yeah and most people think that he wrote the book of hebrews not everybody does but
0: all of these letters are, uh,
1: uh,
0: i, I uh, lean toward that too
1: yeah Okay, and all these letters that he wrote, and what kind of a guy was he? Listen, if you read Acts chapter 9, you'll find out the Apostle Paul was a stinker.
0: Boy, now that's putting it mildly. That's putting it
1: mildly because he was, he was on a lifelong journey to take Christians, to find them and get rid of them, put them in jail, and it was awful. And he was traveling to do it. And and uh, and he got saved on the road to Damascus, and God used that guy, the Apostle Paul. Yeah. And wanted, who wanted to destroy, ravage, the body of Jesus Christ, the church.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep, God
1: used him. Yeah. Isn't that amazing?
0: Turn him around and said, hey, you yeah. know what? Yeah. You're not as big and bad as you think, buddy. That's right. <laughs> In fact, you're going to be working for me now.
1: That's right. <laughs> and, and so God can use you still. It's not too late. God can use you. If he uses a dummy like me, well, my goodness, he can use anybody. So, and when I say that, I'm not being... I'm not, it's not for self-deprecation or anything like that. I'm just, you know, relatively, uh, I wouldn't be considered an intelligent man, okay? In fact, in fact, here's what I think of myself. I'll go to the store, and they'll say, well, how are you today? And I'll say, well, I just keep getting older and uglier, and they snicker a little bit. And one well, of the sto- both of
0: which are true. Yeah,
1: right? yeah. And 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 one of the stores that I go to on a regular basis—it's a restaurant that has a drive-up window. I won't give you the name of it, but there was a man there that every time he sees me at the drive-up window, he says, "He's how, how you doing, old ugly man?" The ugly old man. <laughs> and, and so, and so it just—it just keeps me humble. Okay, so. Uh, and and we have some rules when we teach curtis and you know these rules we repeat them frequently uh i always say if i know anything it's that i don't know everything but i know who does and it's god yeah and 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 uh, i say i also say everybody i know is smarter than i am uh, but nobody i know is smarter than god is so we have to lean on the word of god and his holy spirit and we want to definitely use the word of God. Now, why do we bring up David and Paul? Because when we, uh, when we look at Peter, it's kind of a wonder that God ever used him to do anything. Now I'm writing a booklet entitled Grace in first Peter, and I'm going to be reading some of the material from that book with, with, with some additional comment. And, uh, and I start off by saying, if I were to ask you just one question, I wonder how you would answer it. And the question is, who do you think was the, the apostle of grace? And and uh, I, I asked this question to eight people in my family. Uh, and uh, some of these people were were close family members and others were close friends of mine. Uh, Who were, you know, wise in the scriptures and they were all with one accord. Every one of them gave the same answer and they said, Paul. Paul really, really was the apostle of grace. But then I was reading Peter's first epistle. and, And I found a rather interesting and somewhat surprising item. Peter mentions the word grace Nine times in this epistle, I thought it was eight times, but then I had to add the word gracious because I found that in in first (laughs) Peter also. So, so nine times uh, in his epistle. And I heard myself saying out loud and and I really did. I'm I'm not kidding you. i said, Peter, grace. Mm -hmm. And then I read it again and again. I found that when I, When I took these mentions in a consecutive order, I found what I believe to be the most complete and comprehension description and definition and dissertation on grace that ever read the Bible. That's why I want to teach it, because I'm a big proponent of grace. Well, first of all, let's take a look at some of uh, the foibles of Peter. Now, foibles is a good English word. It kind of means mistakes, mess-ups. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's look at some of Peter's. In, in
0: <laughs> other words, inclination to be a kind of a boob.
1: <laughs> an inclination <laughs> to be kind of a boob. And I raised this kid from a pup and listened to him. <laughs> okay. So let's look at Peter. Uh, Peter was an impetuous person. He was mouthy. You know, he operated under the administration of of Open mouth, insert foot. Yeah. You know anybody like that? Open mouth. Right <laughs> and, here. And, and so just listen to some of the things that Peter said and, and did. Now, I'm going to ask you to go to some scriptures here. And, uh, and I'm going to go as rapidly as I can to get this introduction over. But it's going to be scripture on Matthew chapter 16. Verses 21 through 23, here's what we read. It says, from that time forth, and you'll have to see the context before you understand it. From that time forth uh, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. What? Yeah. Began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this thing shall not be unto thee. But he, that is Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Ouch. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And then you can read this same thing in Mark chapter eight, verses thirty-one through thirty-three. Wow, Peter rebuked the Lord. Wow. Well, before the above thing took place, there was interesting event that that occurred in Matthew chapter fourteen, verses fourteen through forty-three. After Jesus had miraculously fed 5,000 people with just five loaves and and two fish. Oh, oh. by the way, <laughs> 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Jesus did a miraculous thing there. How big, and, were,
0: the, how big were the fish? I have no idea. <laughs> My goodness.
1: Man. <laughs> but regardless of how big they were, the crowd was 5,000. Yeah, that's a big yeah. crowd. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Oh, by the way, uh, Curtis, Sharon said, after they had all eaten, there were 12 baskets of leftovers. Do you think that this might have been for the disciples' dinner?
0: It's the disciples' dinner, yeah.
1: Yeah. And after they had all eaten, Jesus told his disciples to get into a ship and sent the multitudes away. Then Jesus went into a mountain alone to pray. And all this is found in Matthew 14, verses 20 through 23. Now, now look what happened next. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 24 through 31, it says this, but the ship that they were in, by the way, the ship um, was now in the midst of the sea, wasn't very close to shore, and was tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, and that's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Wow. Would you like to have seen that? Yes. I would have too, but...
0: I'm not sure I'd have wanted to have been in the storm in order to see it. (laughs) That's right. On the boat, but
1: yeah. And and to continue the scripture, it says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were... Troubled, saying it is a spirit and they called out for fear but straightway jesus spake unto them saying be of good share it is i be not afraid and peter here he goes here's mr impetuous here's mr lippy here's mr open mouth insert foot peter said said lord if it be thou and he wasn't questioning that it was Jesus. You know, well, you, might, you might say it in our um, jargon today. It, 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 since it's you, and he said, if it be thou, he said, um, bid me come to thee on the water. Yeah, what a gutsy thing. If it's you, bid me come to thee. And, and, and he said, Jesus said, come. And once Peter was come down out of the ship, He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Man, but, yeah, there's always a but. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, you ready? Oh thou of little faith, yeah. wherefore didst thou doubt? Wow. He doubted the Lord. He disputed with the Lord when he rebuked him. Now he's doubting the Lord. Uh, and and this is just two things. Let's continue. Why?
0: If I know was... you, he did something else. Start start with D. I... Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: I alliterate everything in fact the room that I study in we call it in this house the alliteration room because I alliterate everything okay where was I oh he says now oh they have little faith wherefore didst thou doubt now in these two previous paragraphs we've seen Peter disputing the Lord and doubting the Lord but the worst was yet to come oh you mean worse than disputing with the lord worse than doubting the lord oh yeah oh dear what's going to happen next matthew 26 and and uh, matthew 26 is a rather lengthy chapter um it has uh, it has 75 verses and in matthew 26 we see peter's third foible in this chapter we see the description of what uh expositors call the last supper okay uh in it we read of the uh, the precursor and by the way this is the precursor to what we call the uh the com- uh, communion service in our churches and, and so uh it was a precursor of the communion service that's held in the local church at least the kind of church that it ought to be now after the supper they sang a hymn And they went out to the Mount of Olives. That's in verse 30 of chapter 26. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. What? He's telling them, all of them? You're going to be offended tonight because of me. For it is written, and this is from an Old Testament scripture, he said, I will smite the shepherd. And the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. You will find this in Matthew 26, verses 30, 31 through 32. And then Peter, (laughs) here we go. Peter answered and said unto him, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet, Will I never be offended?
0: Not me, Lord.
1: I wouldn't do that.
0: (laughs) Wow. I'm with you. I'm true blue. I'm. That's right. I'm a thousand percent in your corner.
1: Amazing. And then so Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice.
0: Three times. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Oh, my goodness. If you're Peter and you're hearing the Lord say that to you, you're going to say, no, not me. Most of us would, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Well, Peter's like most of us. And that's why I'm giving you this account. Because Peter, well, let's read it. And Peter said to him, though I should die with thee. Yet will I not deny thee. Matthew 26, verses 33 through 35. And yet he did. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter's denial of Jesus is recorded in all four of the Gospels. You can read about it in Matthew 26, verses 69 through 75. You can read about it in Mark chapter 14, verses 66 through 72. You can read it in the Gospel of Luke, chapter twenty-two, verses fifty-five through seventy-two, and then in John, chapter eighteen, verses sixteen through twenty-seven. You know, one of the, one of the uh, one of the verses in in one of these chapters after his after his third trial uh, denial, uh, he wept out. He went out and wept bitterly. Went out and wept bitterly now in light of all this i present the following question i ask it of myself i'm asking you can you think after reading about this can you think of any person that needed god's wonderful An amazing grace more than Peter, one who disputed the proclamation of the Lord, one who denied the person, one who doubted the power of the Lord and one who denied the person of the Lord. And yet he was deputized by God to write about what I believe is the most complete and a comprehensive program of God's grace in the word of God. So let's begin. Now there are 10 points with this and they all begin with the letter S. <laughs> so it'll help you remember them better. You mean these
0: are alliterated too? This, <laughs> this is
1: alliterated it's 10 verse. And, and by the way, I'm going to explain them what they all mean. All right. And so... And so let's begin reading in 1 Peter chapter 1 we'll read the first 3 verses and probably I could spend the rest of the time on these first 3 verses because they are they are just pregnant with meaning it's amazing it says here in 1 Peter chapter 1 Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus Galatia Cappadocia asia and bithynia now who to whom is peter writing here and as we read these first several verses i believe that 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 uh, peter was writing to jewish believers Um, and here's why i think that in galatians chapter 2 verses 7 through 8 we see that well let me turn to it galatians Chapter two, verses seven through eight. Pardon me while I get there. I didn't have my bookmark in there, but I want to get it right. You see, Peter, it says this. But um, let's begin. Let's begin reading in uh, verse six. But of these who seemed to be somewhat, whosoever they were, uh, maketh no matter to me. God accepted no man's person, for they who seemed to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. And he was talking about people who were coming in, oh, unawares and pri- privily bringing in false doctrine to the Galatian church. And verse 7 says, but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision, that's the Gentiles, was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision, that's the Jews, was to Peter. For he wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision. The same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And so now we need to understand. Pardon me? What does that all mean? It means that Peter was particularly an apostle to the Jews. And Paul was particularly an apostle to the Gentiles, to everybody else. Now let's look at it. He says, "He says to, uh, to the scattered." Now, oh boy, I love this, Um, to the scattered. Um, And by the way, when we're, when we're looking at this first thing, um, well, let let me let me just continue. We call. Oh, okay. I've got two more minutes to go into this one. Okay, Um, uh, let's continue. And and so 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 based on, on this. Uh, let, let's, let's continue with se- talking about the word strangers. These were Jews. He's writing to Jews who were scattered across five nations. Probably in the year 70 AD under the, uh, under the Roman Emperor Nero, these were scattered. Mm-hmm. These people probably were scattered.
0: after the destruction of the temple.
1: Uh, probably. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. uh, probably what happened. Uh, and, and so some people set the date earlier around 65 AD, But uh, but 70 AD is the one that most people uh most people give for the scattering and the of the jews uh, and especially uh the the uh, that saved jews now in verse two he says this he's writing to the elect according to the foreknowledge of god the father through the sanctification of the spirit unto the obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ grace unto you and peace be multiplied all right and so uh, and so uh, we'll we'll pause now uh, take a break get a sip of coffee uh, and we'll publish this episode and then we'll be right back in a few minutes